Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 361 of the big show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Oh, folks, I'm. it's heating up here. We're almost there. Tomorrow, I step on the big jet airliner, and off I go to Sin City out in the desert, Las Vegas, Nevada, for 10 days. Here I come. Oh, here I am so pumped for this. Need to get an excited time off. Oh, I'm telling you, folks. Oh, speaking of, well, betting and everything else, did you guys listen to me? I gave you the, the insider tip last week. Before the Super Bowl, what, did I, what have I been saying for the last couple of weeks? Kansas City, they were a two-point underdog. I said, bet them on the money line. They're coming in hot into the Super Bowl. San Francisco is limping in. Lucky to get in. And uh, don't count out Pat Mahomes. It sure is enough. Uh, they did it. I made a made made some bucks on Kansas City. I can tell you that that was a, it was a good it was a good betting Sunday for me, which is a change finally. But nice to win a few bucks. Um, yeah, <laughs> that'll cover me for my for my losses when I come back from Vegas. Well, I got to think positive, right? But the law of averages. I mean, you can have a you know you're in Vegas for ten days. I mean, if you go for a weekend, you can come home up money. But you go for ten days. Unless you gamble on one day or two days, yeah, maybe. But yeah, obviously we'll be gambling every day. Not all day, every day. Can't afford that. But, uh, you know, I do gamble. I don't gamble during the day. You know, we go out and sightsee, do some shopping, do some shit like that. Um, you know, I, I, I do my drinking and my gambling at, in the evenings. Um, but, um, you know, obviously pretty, pretty tough to, uh, come home up. Unless obviously you hit a big jackpot or something. Well, then yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, hopefully all you can hope for is have a couple winning days, cover you a little bit, don't get spanked too hard, and, uh, but you don't chase the money, right? And, uh, don't go on tilt. If you're, if you're having a bad session, you just kind of, eh, you know, grab a beer and walk around and just, uh, you know, compose, compose. I, uh, we have the laptop with us and stuff, so, you know, we'll go back up to the room and, and, uh, you know, the, you know, the wife will get on the Facebooks, but, uh, I, I will be updating my social media and stuff. I mean, you know, and, and sending out text messages to a few jokers and, you know, and obviously talking to my brother and stuff back home and, you know, just, uh, you know, cause you can't, you know, like I said, if you're going for two days or three days, yeah, you, you put the pedal, to, you put the pedal down and you, you know, you ain't sleeping, you know, I've been there, I've done that, but for 10 days, yeah, you know, and I'm old, you know, I, I could still, I could, I could put it down. I can, I can drink and whoop it up and stuff, but, uh, and, uh, but, uh, it's certainly not, uh, 
4 a.m. for 10 straight days. Uh, you know, not anymore anyway, but uh, certainly have a few nights of uh, some debauchery anyway. Got to pick and choose your spots after 10 days. Check liver light will be definitely coming on though, but hopefully you guys jumped on the uh, on the Kansas City bandwagon there. I was, I'm surprised though. Like, I, I mean, obviously it's, oh, and I knew, you know, in hindsight, right? But I mean, um, I was just surprised though, and I think I might have said this when I was talking about defending champs as the underdogs surprised me. That's kind of what really, like that was the thing. I can honestly say, if San Francisco had been the underdog, nah, just with the way they played though, I I was just from watching it. I just thought I just thought Kansas City was the hotter team at the time, and I like I said, I thought San Francisco kind of limped in. And like I said, you got Mahomes and those guys in that big game on the big stage. They know how to do it. They've won there before. You got Purdy and the young guys there. They don't, you know, but they played fine. I mean, well, look, it was a real snoozer for the first little while, but, you know, fourth quarter on, it got going. But uh, there you go. Oh, and I, and I will say it. I, I said this on social media. The whole, and I've said this before about the Taylor Swift thing. I, first of all, I don't know why anybody cares. But second of all, I laughed. Do you notice? Like I said, the ones that are always on social media, the big alphas, you know, the big, uh, I'm a man, you know, the, it, I always say, if you have to tell people you're an alpha and that, you probably aren't. But anyway, um, these guys that love to yell snowflake and, and call everything soft and you're soft spent all weekend on social media crying about Taylor Swift. Go look at who's crying about Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's all the guys that love to yell snowflake. That's what I always say. These people that go on social media and shit and love to yell snowflake and, and they're the biggest bitch crybabies of them all, which is the funny thing. But anyway, who gives a fuck about Taylor Swift? I mean, just leave her alone. Like, who cares? Like, God. The things people focus on. I don't know, but here, cheers to you. Um, but you know what we're going to focus on? I mean, some might say this is, well, I'm going to say this isn't important. This is very important stuff that we're going to focus on. We're going to open up some hockey cards. Uh, of course, we got the big old Battle of Ontario. Oh, the big suspension. Everybody's talking. Of course, you know, uh, the Morgan Riley incident, uh, you know, we'll address that. Uh, a couple good fights here in this past week we'll talk about. Um, and then I have a list. Uh, it, it, it's called Undercover Tough. And, uh, we'll look into that. I got, I got it sent to me and I said, you gotta, you gotta check this out. And, uh, it was sent to me by, uh, Michael. Uh, I, I won't say your last name in case you don't want me to say it, but Michael sent me this list and said, you gotta check this out. I really agree with it. And I think you will enjoy it and your listeners will enjoy it. Okay. Well, Mike, I'm going to hold you to it. We'll see. So I have not clicked on that link. So we'll, uh, you know, so I, like I always say with the lists, we'll, uh, we'll discover, I will discover it with you guys. But, um, you know, uh, top of the show, sit a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, 100 shows in the network. Myself, Terry Ryan, Joe Lazito, Alec, Jordan, we're all over on the original content creator side. Yes, they stick us over in the corner. Uh, tell us to be quiet. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe, check it out. He's he's on part three of his interview with Stone Cold Steve McLaren, one of the baddest dudes of all time. Uh, so definitely check that out. Alec is in the process of moving and hi- getting finding employment out there in Tennessee. So uh, he's been, uh, you know, obviously a podcasting is kind of on the back burner at the moment. So we will see what happens with him. But he definitely has a, a tremendous back catalog that I recommend that you check out. 
and uh, Jordan at five in the game, same thing, you know, with uh, with work, just got home. Then, of course, uh, you know, out there, uh, Cape Breton out in the Maritimes, the amount of snow they got, he'll be never, he won't be able to find his microphone. That's how buried it is. So, uh, oh, the Maritimers, boy, they're a hardy breed. That's why the Galants are so tough, the Maritimers. You know, you got to... If you want to fight somebody, you got to shovel your way to get to them. So, I mean, you know, those guys are bad dudes, man. But, uh, no, hopefully that, uh, that, you know, they can clear out there and, uh, you know, ah, they will. They always do. And, uh, and get back at it. And, uh, yes. And if you happen to be on social media, I don't know why you would do. Has anybody noticed on their Twitter or X, as it's called, um, is your, like, it's just, I, I scroll X now and it's like, why am I seeing the tweets of all these bozos I don't follow? I don't understand. I got all these goofs on my timeline now. And before it was always because somebody retweeted them that I follow or whatever. No, no one did that. It's just, it's just, oh, the algorithm's all screwed up. Uh, good job, Elon. Yeah, yeah, fuck that up. I can tell you now. The only reason I'm on social media to begin with is to promote the show. That's it. That's it. Other than that, social media is a cesspool. Now, granted, like I always say with the show, if I if I want to do every episode ranting at the moon, I mean, all you have to do is go on social media, scroll for five minutes. I'm I'm irritated, and I you know I got well, goddamn, I got fucking content till the you know till the end of time. If I'm going to sit here and yell about what I see on social media, but if you're on social media, follow me on on X. At Fourth Line Voice or on Facebook, Fourth Line Voice, Instagram, Fourth Line Voice, THPN. Uh, I'm I'm having trouble getting into the gram, as the kids say, but I try. I'm trying. I'm trying. And uh, YouTube, Fourth Line Voice at YouTube. I have over 2,200 fights on there, so check it out. Subscribe to the channel, please. And if whatever platform you listen to this, iTunes, Spotify, wherever, if you could rate the show, this little star rating up there, that would be tremendous because that actually helps me in the algorithms. Not only myself, but Joe or Alec or whoever's pod, any podcast. Again, I always say Chiglets and Rogan don't need your votes, but for the smaller shows, um, your vote, you, I mean, you might just roll your eye. Yeah, okay, whatever. No, it does help. It helps in the algorithms, and so you could help out your, uh, if you enjoy the person's podcast, you can help out that creator by rating their show, subscribing to the channel, and uh, yeah, and download Don't Stream, because that's how we get paid. So there we go. There's your public service announcement. So um, yeah, how about we open some hockey cards? Yes. Um, oh, check this out, folks. The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail pack. Um, of course I was at Dollarama, of course I was, because where else would I be? Um, open it up, oh, there it is, the 1990 score. Chase and Lindros, folks, here we go. Eric Lindros was the hot card at the time, and, uh, we're gonna, you know, and this is a great draft year, of course, Owen Nolan and Yager and Brodeur, Brad May, uh, on and on. So let's see who we get. At the top, Doug Crossman. Bobby Smith, Billy Ranford, he's kicking with the Oilers, here we go, Wayne Gretzky, I've heard of him, Esatikinen, Bill Ranford again, Sergei Makarov, Dana Merzen, Ilka Sinisalo, I believe that's Chris Naves' favorite favorite uh, player, Glenn Healy, Normad Rochefort, Curtis Joseph, I believe that's his rookie card, Yui Krupp, 
Oh, last card in the pack. Captain Maple Leaf himself, Wendell Clark. There we go. I'll take that. So Gretzky, Cujo, and Wendell can go over here. The rest of you can go in recycling. There we go, folks. There's your hockey cards of the day. Let's have a swig of beer. Let's get into this. Okay. Ah, all right. Crosses off. Super Bowl open cards. Yeah, a couple of the uh, the dandy tilts we had. I don't know. Again, I uh, if you want to go back on the YouTubes, they'll have them on there. Alex Gallant, Travis Howe, rematch, going at it, and uh, tremendous. And uh, how ca- kind of catches them at the end, puts them down. Not like a little, you know, Gallant got up and stuff. But uh, yeah, real good, solid toe-to-toe exchange. Highly recommend you guys check that one out. Man, those Gallants, they're unbelievable. And it was funny, it was uh, kind of talking to Brett there. And yeah, he, was, uh, he said, yeah, it was a great tilt and, uh, you know, Kind of gave Alex shit for switching hands. That's where he got caught is when he switched up. But uh, Travis Howe has looked dynamite, man. Since coming up from the East Coast League and got up to the American League, man, he has put the hammer down on guys. And out there in San Diego, you know, probably living on the beach, living it up, winning his tilts. Good for you, Travis Howe. But uh, big fan of both guys. Love the Gallants. And uh, Alex, Brett, tremendous. Uh, Brett suited up again for Laval last night playing St. George. Um... No fight to be had, but there was a fight. Uh, Andre Thibault, uh, unfortunately, he was the lone gunman in St. George last night, man. LNH, you got one guy going into battle. But Andre Thibault has looked good this year. Of course, he's from Ice Wars 3, if those are familiar with his name. And uh, he plays most of the time he plays in the AA League in Quebec. But he's been developed right out of that AA League. He's come up with St. George, had some great fights. Him and Derek Parker went last night, and they've gone before. And they had a great fight. Parker, Thibault, great tilt. Uh you know, props to both guys. Derek Parker never ceased to amaze me. Dude's like 42 years old and, you know, just engineer at CN Rail and just hops off the train and rolls into the Laval and throws down. And yeah, it's, he's unreal, man. Um, but yeah, great fight. Unfortunately, uh, Dave Hamill also is a place for St. George, but unfortunately he is out now for the year with an eye, a very serious eye injury, uh, that he picked up in a fight with uh, Patrick Bordalo. Uh Bordalo put it down on him, and uh, you know I hope I hope Hamill can bounce back. I know um, I don't know if it's a it, again because all this stuff's in French, right? So you see eye injury, and sometimes the translation it's lost in translation. But uh, I believe it's a broken orbital bone. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a tough shot. And uh, but Dave Hamill was uh, was having a real solid last couple of years actually in the LNH, and uh, so it's. I hope he heals up. It's, uh, you know, you you know, you like to see the bouts and everything else, but uh, but those things happen when you're throwing, right? And you have big guys, and 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 you know, that's the that's the the side effect of uh, bare knuckle fighting is uh, injuries, right? So you always hope that doesn't happen, but you know, what can you do? But uh, hopefully, he makes a speedy recovery and. Uh, and yeah, but uh, yeah, so Andre Tebow, lone gunman last night. So uh, Brett Gallant unfortunately didn't have one, but Derek Parker did. And uh, it was a great tilt. And I hope uh, hope you guys check it out. But uh, there's a couple tilts for you to look up. Um, oh, I know I talked about this. I, I ranted and raved last week about the kind of the miners not getting it, and Amesbury being scratched and everything else. Um, one of the things I forgot to talk about with the Amesbury, well, not just him, but just in general that I found over the years being on, 
on uh, social media and fight message boards and everything else. Um, it's interesting the hate some guys get. I've never... Um, and I think it's, it's some of these diehard fans of guys, they go so overboard on social media and in the fight groups or on the back of the day on the fight message boards about certain players that it, all of a sudden it becomes almost this backlash against the guys. Like people start to really resent the fighter because they, they don't like this. The, they don't like the guys, the poster, the, uh, you know, the fan. They get so irritated with him. It's like, okay, well, he's a big fan of this guy, so I hate that guy now. And it's like, you know, on one hand, I guess it's just human emotion. I under, I get it. I get. I mean, I never did that. I mean, I always just, you're a fan of who you're a fan of. I don't care what so-and-so says. I don't, you know, whatever. But I get that the eye-rolling thing, and I was saying this to a guy that um, hey, follows me on social media and stuff, and we were kind of going back and forth, and... um you know, and he's going on and on about Amesbury and how Amesbury's going to be in the American Hockey League right away. And, and oh, he killed Ryan Reeves and he's the toughest guy in hockey and everything else. And it was kind of like, you know, dude, I, I mean, I know you've been a fan of Amesbury since Ice Wars. I've seen you post. I mean, you and I have talked about it and whatever. But it's like Daniel Amesbury's going to kill Ryan Reeves. Like, what are we doing? Like, I think Daniel Amesbury wouldn't even, you know, you know, is embarrassed by that statement. Now, am I saying if Amesbury and Reeves fought that Amesbury couldn't win? Well, I'm not saying that. But, I mean, let's give Ryan Reeves a little bit of credit. He's been in the NHL for 900 games, and he's fought, you know, all the tough guys and Brian McGratton and on and on. So let's give, you know, he's his fight card, you know, again, I'm not knocking everybody, but let's, you know, call a spade a spade here. I mean, his fight card is substantially more is better than Daniel Amesbury's. Amesbury's been beating guys up in the Federal League, and uh, and has the one fight in the East Coast League. And all of a sudden, you're going to start yelling about uh, that he could whip a guy that's been in the NHL for the last you know ten years fighting all these guys. It's like, come on, man. You know, uh, it's just. And this is why, you know, because you see this and then people reply, oh, Amesbury's this and Amesbury's that. And and it's not Amesbury's fault. Like I said, that's when I brought that up when I was talking about him earlier. It's like, well, he didn't make the video saying I'm the baddest man in hockey. No, that was a fan that made that video. It wasn't Amesbury saying it. As far as I know, he's never said that out loud to anybody. But yet these people hold it against them. And it's just like, okay, so you're going to hate Daniel Amesbury because some guy in Danbury made a promotional video about him. Okay. That's like back in the day. There was a certain Chicago poster that, oh, I loved everything Chicago. And it was Dave Manson this and Dave Manson that. And, oh, Dave Manson's a top 10 fighter of all time, which is just ridiculous. But I like Dave Manson. I've always liked Dave Manson. He was a physical, edgy D-man that would not take any shit and fight. Now and again, really tailed off later in his career. But his first few years in Chicago, yeah. But he was never a top guy or anything. But yeah, he was a, you know, but this guy just did say, and I think it, he drove people to the point of like, they just hate Dave Manson now. And it's like, well, what would you hate Dave Manson for? Like, cause this guy said so. It's like, oh, okay. You know, and it was the same thing with Scott Parker. Scott Parker had all the hype coming out of junior and it was definitely deserved. Cause I've always said Parker as the best junior fighter I've ever seen. 
And then he got to the American League, and he was killing guys there too. And he came up, had a really good run in the NHL. And Scott Parker had a great career. But, I mean, you mentioned Scott Parker on a message board. Well, Probert! You know, that's the first. There's going to be some jerk-off in the comments section. Like I said, losing to Probert, well, I thought everyone did, so I don't know what losing to Probert's such a big deal for, but apparently that's like just this big scarlet letter on fucking Scott Parker's career. Um, but somebody, well, I came up with all the hype, didn't really impress. Okay, like what, what, other than Probert and stuff, what ass kiss, what ass kicking did Scott Parker take in the NHL? Like, he handed a few out. I mean, I don't, like, okay, what more did you want? Like, I guess he had to win every fight and knock everyone out. And, you know, unless he didn't do that, then he wasn't that good. Like, just, so there was all the, but again, the guy in Kelowna was hyping Parker up. And but this is back in the old fried chicken message board days. And he would fight with everybody. Not a lot of people liked the guy on the line. So, of course, Parker got the secondary heat over it because they didn't like this poster. So it was like, why well, hate Scott Parker too? And then I always bug Lazito because Lazito, just to kind of get things going in the old Tough Guy magazines, rated Parker the top 25 and he hadn't even played yet in the NHL. So that really got, because that was like people, God got people going too, which is hilarious. But no, Scott Parker had a great career. Dave Manson had a great career. I mean, all these guys, you know, but they just, it's it's funny how certain guys are just, hated by a segment of because because they don't like certain fans they got too hyped and you know i this really has i'm, I'm just kind of ranting here I, it has no i guess this bit has no ending it was just it was something i noticed i forgot to mention when i was talking about amesbury before that me and this guy went back and forth and i'm like you know and he's like, oh, Daniel Lansbury's the toughest guy in all of pro hockey i'm like okay like calm down like settle it down man like Come on. I know you're a fan and that's cool. And, and I wish, and I'm a fan. I like Daniel. I'm a fan of Daniel Lansbury and I've had him on my show and I've talked to him in person and he's been cool with me and him and I get along and we're cool. I have no problem with Daniel Lansbury. I love what he's doing right now. I think it's great. And, uh, you know, but I mean, am I going to start running around and say he's the toughest guy in pro hockey? Like, no, you know, um, now, not to say if he didn't fight the Gallants or the Reeveses or whoever, that he wouldn't win. I'm not saying, oh, they'd fucking kill him. Like, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that either. But I'm not about to start, you know, putting a crown on Daniel Avery like he's the toughest guy in hockey in 2024. I mean, no, I don't think I would go that far. I think, uh, you know, if if you're like, Gundier, I'm like, well... I still got Brett Gallant as I, until he's officially retired, retired. He's my guy, toughest guy in hockey. And I've said Gallant's the toughest guy in hockey for the last 10 years. As long as Brett Gallant's been in the American Hockey League, I've said he's the toughest guy in hockey. After Brian McGratton retired, I would say Gallant's the toughest guy in hockey. That's I've always said that. And, uh, and of all things, uh, I had put a picture of Gallant. Actually, it was uh, Gallant's brochure fight from the other night. And you know who replied to it? Trevor Gillies. And you know what Trevor Gillies said? This man is the toughest guy pound for pound in the last 25 years in hockey. So that's Trevor Gillies saying that. That's not Darren saying that. That's not, uh, you know, Gallant fan number one saying that. That's Trevor fucking Gillies saying that. So that carries some fucking weight. And I actually took a screenshot of that and I said it to Brett. Brett's like, God damn, that's, that's, uh, that's something. When that guy says it, that's a hell of a compliment. And, uh, and it is. And Trevor Gillies is a bad motherfucker. I don't have to sell you guys on Trevor Gillies. So 
Yeah, if Trevor Gillies says Brett Gallant's the toughest guy in hockey for the last two, I'm I'm going to side with Trevor Gillies. So there we go. But anyway, I was just sort of ranting about that. But uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, I don't I don't understand the hate towards guys. But all right. Speaking of hate, here, hold on. We got to take a swig here. I'm going to hit pause for a sec. <clears throat> okay. Well, the Greg Riley suspension uh, was it Ridley Greg? And Morgan Riley, uh, Ridley Grigg, what the hell's the guy's name, Ridley? Ridley, who gives a shit, whatever, the guy for Ottawa, took a slap shot into the empty net at the end of the game, uh, rubbing it in the face, and Morgan Riley come over, cross-checked him in the side of the bean, down he goes, of course the guy really wasn't that hurt, whatever, little scrum, that was nothing happened, of course, and but whatever, so it was the talk of the world, because of course it involved the Leafs, so that's the center of the hockey world, and... Um, it was a very divided community, obviously online. I read a number of hundreds and hundreds of things about it. Um, it was funny how basically it came down to all the ex players, uh, were kind of like on Morgan Ridley's side. They're like, well, yeah. And of course the writers and fans, that's assault. He should be in jail and crying and, uh, yeah, you know, so you know how it went. Um, as Matt Barnaby said, and I've, I've sort of been agree because it's the Battle of Ontario, Ottawa, and Toronto. Um, you know, uh, like, and Barnaby, of all people, had no problem with the guy taking the slap shot into the open net and kind of sticking it up their fucking ass. And then uh, he had no problem with Morgan Riley coming over and dinging him in the head with this. He's like, yeah, whatever. He said he probably he should have dropped his gloves and just kind of swung on him. He didn't need to hit him, cross-check him in the head. But he totally understood. It warranted a reaction. He got one, and... Oh, well, life goes on. Um, and I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like, well, and then there's people talking about, oh, they're comparing it to Dale Hunter and Turgeon and all this shit. And it's like, well, no. I mean, like I said, it was the guy hurt. Like, Turgeon was hurt. Would he have a concussion? I think he separated his shoulder, too, I believe. Um, this guy wasn't hurt. Didn't miss any games. Um, which I think you have to take that into consideration. But... But, of course, everybody's, like, ranting and raving. It's like, oh, well, George Peros, it's because he's still mad Colt Nor knocked him out, so he suspends the Leafs more. And it's funny because everybody says the Leafs are soft, but they lead in suspensions and blah, blah, blah. Well, getting suspended doesn't make you tough. Like, using your stick doesn't make you a tough guy. That, that's, again, it's these pinheads that don't understand the difference between tough and soft and dirty and, you know. So, no. The, and, well, and it was a perfect example so Morgan Riley cross-checks the guy in the head. Obviously, there's a scrum ensues. Oh, Marner skates in and doesn't really do anything. And Austin Matthews sort of stands there. And the one Ottawa guy kind of gives him a... Go watch the clip. He kind of gives him Austin Matthews a glove punch in the face. And then, of course, Matthews doesn't do anything. And Nylander kind of comes in and puts his arm around. It's like, again... And I've said this a thousand times. I'll probably say it a thousand more and whatever. But it's just like Toronto, the Leaf, this is why, again, the Leafs are never going to win shit. You're never going to win nothing. Matthews and Marner, and, and you could, I don't care, Austin Matthews is a great goal scorer. He could score 90 fucking goals. You ain't winning shit. You're softer than shit. You just get abused. You just bend over and take it. Don't do anything. I mean, Ryan Reeves is in the locker room yelling, like, you got to make hockey violent again. And back when I started, this wouldn't happen, whatever. And it's like, 
I've always said, I like Ryan Reeves and everything. I've always liked Reeves. But, I mean, dude, you need to get into one. And you need to start doing something. This whole, I know he's running, he hits guys and whatever. He tries to challenge guys and no one wants to fight. you got to force their hand. Like, just start wailing on somebody or something. Because all right now, all you are is the heavyweight champ of talking in the locker room. You know, you, you cut really good promos in the locker room. That's about it. Now, again, they've kind of jerked him around and not played him. And he's been hurt a couple times. And, you know, it's been a rough year. And, of course, in Toronto, he's the whipping boy because... You know, you gotta, it's someone's fault, so it may as well, this is the fourth line winger who barely plays, of course it's his fault. Yeah. But, I will say, and I can see why Reeves gets, I do, cause Reeves gets a lot of hate online too. And I can, I get why, because he does a lot of talking for a guy with one fight. Who does he have one fight or two fights this year? He's, like the last couple of years, he's fighting once or twice a year. And this all, well, no one wants to fight. Now granted, there isn't a long list of guys for him to fight. I get it. At the same time, is he really forcing the issue? You know, I think he likes the idea of being the champ and thought of as the champ. And, you know, now, yeah, I'm not saying he's scared to fight because he's not. But it's like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, stop talking. You need to get into one. Uh, old, my boy John this texted me today and he was mentioning how I had said Reeves needs to get into one. Um, and I believe they have Toronto plays Anaheim tonight, so maybe him and Ross Johnson will go. Reeves needs to make a statement, though. He needs to do something, needs to fight a guy, and needs a real convincing shit-kicking win. And, uh, you know, because Johnson will go him. Like that, he'll, he'll find a willing guy with Ross Johnson. So uh, Reeves needs to do something. He needs to get going. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, just the, oh, Peros doesn't mean any, he's mean to us, and he's probably biased, and... There's no consistency. Oh, this guy got six. This guy got four. Well, he got five. Like, people yell and scream about Peros isn't consistent. Then they put the numbers up, and he's like, well, yeah, he kind of is. Like, you know. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's why I guess you don't want to protect your players. Well, okay, first of all, again, these dumb shits that love to clump that love to talk with big hockey fans there but have no idea how anything works. Do you not know how unions work? It's called a grievance, or it's called a, you know, a grievance, an appeal. They can file one. And so Riley, Morgan Riley, obviously is going to appeal it. And, uh, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, but what about uh, Greg? What about him? I don't care about him. Well, every player is represented by the union. If, if the union did not represent Morgan Riley, he could sue them, you stupid dipshits. He pays union dues. They all do. It's the same thing if I'm at work. I work in a union. Well, if me and this guy get into it or I get mad at him and, I don't know, whatever, whatever, I do something to him. When I get reprimanded, well, my union is going to, you know, file agreements on my behalf or stick up for me or whatever. It doesn't mean that they think less of the guy I got into it with, but they need to represent me because it's me, obviously, against management. It's the same thing with Reeves. It's him against the NHL. Or not Reeves, uh, Riley against the NHL. Like, you stupid, oh, you morons. Like, have no under, uh, understanding how unions work. It's like when they find guys five, or five grand, that's like 10 cents to that guy. He makes 10 million a year. It, it, five grand is the maximum you can find anyone, you dumb bastard. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. It's bargained, you dumb shit. That's not up to Peros. Idiots. 
Now, that's what happens when you got a brain dead goon. I thought, oh, yeah. You guess what? You hated Shanahan, too, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, whatever. And then, of course, you get a couple of... This is why you can't have ex-players being the discipline. It should be a fan. Oh, yeah. Because reading Twitter, you guys are also fucking reasonable. Oh, yeah. Goddamn. Morgan Riley would be up. He'd be in goddamn uh, state pen for three to five. He'd be in, you know, out in the Ontario Provincial Jail if it was up to you clowns. Yeah, because... Why have anybody with actual knowledge do the job? Again, as a society, in anything now, uh, intellect and knowledge is just frowned upon, and we'll just, the loudest voice should be who we listen to. Like, if it was up to you guys, you'd make Stevie Dangle the friggin' commissioner, because he knows, or some guy on some podcaster, you know. Yeah, they should, they should be in charge of player safety. They get it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, someone who's never actually played. Like, at the same time, Peros will listen to, hey, why did you do that? Because of this, this, and this. And he'll go back and watch, oh, what led up to this? Again, the shit doesn't fall out of the sky. Something led to it. What led to it? And they discuss it, dissect it. As an ex-player, he understands it. That's why you need an ex-player to do this. So, you morons. So, it doesn't matter what suspension or how many games he hands out. Someone's going to be mad about it. I don't. Do you see a lot of players yelling for Peros to be fired? I don't. Funny how that works, but anyway. But I don't know, five games, yeah, okay. Uh, anything more than that would have been kind of ridiculous, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, you took a slap shot, and you knew what you were doing. I like these people, oh, he didn't even see it coming. No, what are you talking about? He's looking right at, he, these guys, when he did it, he knew they were coming. He's looking right at Riley. He knows why he did it. He did it to poke the bear and to add to the, the rivalry and just stick it up their ass. But he knew shit was coming downhill. I mean, you know, Buttercup, Matthews, and Marner aren't going to do anything, but someone's going to. Well, it was Morgan Riley. Well, he knew it was coming. Greg knew it was coming. What are you acting surprised? Like, God, these fans are just morons. But, but yeah, not surprised. Glad it was only five and, you know, whatever. I mean, I, ultimately, I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me, but it was just... Just the reactions, like I said, the play. Oh, and I will say for you folk, I'm going to tell you the shit that I do for you people. I actually sat and listened to Stevie Dangle on his YouTube channel discuss, talk, well, he wasn't discussing, he was talking into the camera. Why does that guy have to yell about everything? He yells like he's a fucking eight-year-old, with, you know, that, and somebody took their favorite, his favorite toy away from him. Why are you yelling like a buffoon? Um... I actually agreed with actually, but of course it's a Leaf guy, so of course Dangle's going to swing from their nuts, but I sat and listened. I don't know how anybody listens to this guy on the regular. I have no idea. Um, but he cried a little bit about Peros being inconsistent, and it's like, yeah, but he's not really. But there's sometimes he never suspends the guy. Yeah, well, you know, okay. I also think it's probably the team that's putting the video in. How hard do they cry about things? Yeah. The, the junior A coaches will know what I'm talking about out there. Um, does like I said, no, it doesn't matter what suspension or what action Peros takes. Someone, one side's going to be okay with it, the other side's going to be mad about it. So you know, whatever. Um, you know, is Peros doing a shit? Like I said, it doesn't matter who you put in there. Oh, re- oh, we should replace him. Okay, fire him. You'll be mad at the next guy in two weeks. So it doesn't matter. It's like the refs. They're never going to win anything. You're always going to be mad at them, you know, because they can do no right. It's a, it's a no-win job. So, you know, whatever. I've Whatever. 
like I said, I'm not, I don't give a shit. If, you know, I'm glad Peros has the, he's employed. I like George. I have no problem with Peros, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then, oh, and then, of course, oh. I'm like, oh, I want to hear what Subban has. PK Subban's on the Pat McAfee show. Of course, he's got, like, it's a, it's a conference, like a Zoom call. He's not in person. He's at his house. Oh, of course, Subban's got to be the cool guy. Oh, he's sitting in the hot tub doing the interview with his headphones. It's like, you're such a fucking loser. Fuck, Subban's a clown. Oh, so he's sitting there and, and, but I, again, I agreed with Subban. Like he said, the guy did it, whatever. And he's like, well, if Toronto doesn't like it, then don't let him, you know, whatever. At the same time, he's glad Morgan Riley responded. Yeah, I should have dropped. If that had me, if that had been me, I would have dropped my gloves. PK, you candy ass, you wouldn't have done shit. You would have done exactly what friggin' Nylander did and come over and put his arm around. Like, you're not gonna, Subban wouldn't have done shit. So you you were softer than a Disney matinee when you played. Again, Subban was a was a a solid player, but he he was soft as shit. But I'm just laughing. Of, oh, of course he's in the hot tub sitting there with a towel around him, and he's talking about oh, getting getting a deep tissue massage here right away, Pat. Oh, but anyway, I'll give you my thoughts on this. It's like, fuck, you're a clown. Fuck, he's just a clown. Anyway, so that's what I do for you people. Listen to Stevie Dangle and PK Subban. Yeah, but, and then sadly I kind of agreed with them, but holy are they, who, who listens to these people? I, I, they're just clowns, just douchebags. Anyway, how about we get to this list? We're going to wrap things up here. It's the five, uh, undercover toughness where, uh, you know, we'll hit some, uh, you know, some sponsors, a sponsor, and then, uh, we'll get into this list. How shall we? And now, here's a word from our sponsor. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, Connor Bedard's back. Anytime scoring prop for him is plus 330. Oilers, the favorite Stanley Cup futures ticket, plus 700 right now, followed by Boston and Colorado at plus 850. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of the boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, here we are. Let's so we'll click through here. All right, we'll uh, see. Michael. Okay, hey Darren, this is a, this is a article that was posted on the HF boards a little while back. I copy and pasted it for you. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Okay, well, thank you, sir, for sending this to me. I appreciate it. It's uh. Five uh, five undercover tough guys. Let's see. Uh, 
doesn't say who the author is. Um, was it written last year? Okay. So it's fairly, obviously, no, 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 20. I keep thinking it's 2020. So two years ago. Um, okay. Uh, these guys are not heavyweight fighters, but kind of undercover fighters that would fight now and again. But when they did, they often met with the surprising results versus a number versus the top heavyweights to guys their own size. I think you guys should check this out. These five guys are who I think are five of the toughest undercover that go under the radar tough guys. Okay. Well, here we go. Let's have a look. Number five, Brandon Morrow. Drafted 25th overall by Dallas, 5'11", 205 pounds. Had great fights with Aaron Veros, Cody McCormick, Mike Richards. Played 991 games at 575 points, 1,362 penalty minutes. Had 63 fights. Was not a, was always there to stand up for a teammate. Wore the C with pride in Dallas. Uh, Brendan Morrow is my fifth choice for undercover toughness. Uh, yeah, you know, dub kid, Saskatchewan guy. Um, yeah, um... Yeah, had a had a had a great career in Dallas. Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of his fights. Um, you know, I'm gonna I you know the McCormick these those these fights don't stand out in my mind. I, I don't have you know Brennan Morrow's fight card tattooed to my head. Um, I'm surprised he fought 63 times. I didn't think he fought that much, but um, yeah. Uh, well, there you go, Brennan Morrow. I can't I can't really argue yes or no. Like I mean, I've seen him fight. He was a gritty dude. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not okay. Um, yeah, as a captain guy, I mean, I have no problem with him being on a list. Um, you know, again, is it is he in the top five of all time? Again, I guess, what are we, undercover, underrated? I mean, I don't know how you, it depends how you want to view or word the list or how, what you're, what am I trying to say? Spit it out, word salad here. Um I mean, I know lots of times in the message boards and stuff or on Facebook fight groups, I mean, people say, oh, this guy, Paul Laws or Jim McKenzie's underrated. Tony's just having a conniption right now. Um, (laughs) um, I I guess uh, the fact that, like, when people talk about, I always take it as when people say that, it's like, well, no, like, everyone, I think fighters obviously knew how tough Laws and Jim McKenzie were. Like, people that played against them and fought them knew how tough they were. Um, I, I think it's just, they weren't splashy or or they played in markets that were, you know, out in Florida at the time and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, they don't get the press like the twists and the proberts and the coasters and Grimson's do. So in that sense, okay, I get it. Um, you know, and they just don't get talked about by the, by fans, um, a lot, which is unfortunate because those guys were awesome. Um, so underrated. Okay. Again, I don't know what this list is, but go. I'm sure it'll be this guy, this guy, this guy. And it's like, well, guys that probably played against them uh, obviously knew how tough how how tough they were. Um, I, although in saying that, I think they probably knew they were tough if you were their size. I think it's when they went up in weight, and well, again, I don't know what this list is, but I'm sure it's like middleweight guys, like Brendan Morrow, right? Like just a grinder captain. Salt, like he's not, Brendan Morrow's not dropping the gloves with Brian McGratton. Not to say that he wouldn't or Sean Thornton or something, because he would. If something came up, they get, they hit a guy or a high or he had to come in for a teammate, he'd do it. But he wasn't going to, okay, I'm going to get the guys going. I'm going to go square off at Trevor Gillies at center ice. It's like, well, no, that's not his job. But I think with some of these guys, every once in a while, they would grab a bigger guy or a guy known as an air quote fighter. 
And, uh, cause I mean, obviously I'm sure these are more seventies, eighties, nineties guys in the rest of this list. So there was obviously an opportunity nowadays. It's like, you know, everybody fights everybody, but like if you're in the nineties and you're a grinder at some point, you're going to end up grabbing a, uh, you know, whatever, a, a, a Chris King or a Domi or a, a Barubi or something and, and Rob Ray or something. And you're going to have to get into it because they were, those, every team had those guys, right? So I think that's probably, I think going forward, that's what, and, and they do surprisingly well against top guys, you know, I'm not saying that they win, but they're like, they hold their own and land a few and they don't get killed and put a strong showing in for a guy that's like out of his weight class, fighting out of your weight class. Maybe that's where I should have started and ended with, but there, there's a, I'm going around my elbow to get to my wrist. There you go. But that's how I'm viewing this list, I guess. So Brendan Morrow. Okay. Uh, all right, number four, Todd Gill. Okay, well now there now here we go. This is more my wheelhouse now. Um, uh, oh, now hold on, I clicked off. Yeah, Todd Gill, six one one ninety. Uh, yeah, he was uh, Todd Gill, uh, left hand with Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, he had oh, how many? That doesn't list how many fights he had. Um, had had great fights with uh, Brad May, Gary Roberts, Shane Cheryl, Lyle Lodeline, to name a few, and even in his final fight with Jerome McGinley in 2001, 0102, uh, drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, Todd Gill was never one to back down, and again, the true meaning of undercover tough. Um, yeah, man, Gill get that left hand going. Him and Shane Cheryl, that's a great fight. Great fight with Gary Roberts, that's a real good one. Um yeah, great fights with me. I, I'm down with some Todd Gill, man. He, um, yeah, wasn't the biggest guy, but he never backed up. And he, like, his fight card, I mean, he got coaster on there, lots of, like, a lot of guys. Uh, Gill wasn't afraid of anybody. And, um, yeah, I love me some Todd Gill. He's a bad dude, man. I am down with, that's a great pick. Todd Gill, good call. Number three. Ha <laughs> ha. There you go. Young blood. There. Steve Thomas, uh, played t- 1,235 games, had 900 points, 1,306 penalty minutes, 5'11", 190-pound Thomas, 82 fights, great fights, Darcy Tucker, Dale Kushner, uh, Peter Taglianetti, to name a few. Um, yeah, man, Steve Thomas, old Stumpy. Um, I'm down with Steve Thomas. He's great. Great player, too, 40-goal guy. Um, you know, played on a bunch of teams. Um, of course, he was in Youngblood as a, in the background as an extra with the Hamilton Mustangs, uh, him and Pete Zezel. Um, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I've always been a huge fan of Steve Thomas. It's a good list. I gotta say, Boro, Gill, Thomas. Yeah, I get it. And, and, and Steve Thomas would surprise you. Yeah. Okay. So that goes to what I'm saying. Um, you know, not that Tucker was a big heavyweight. Kushner's a big dude, though. Taglin, any big guy. Um, but yeah, you know, the five, you know, Thomas is undersized, 40 goal guy, but he wasn't afraid to, like, you go into a pile and start swinging. Um, yeah, man, I'm down with Steve Thomas. Uh, Number two, Adam Graves. There, there you go. Drafted 22nd overall by the Detroit Red Wings in 1986. He had 72 fights in his career. Played 1,152 games at 600 points. 1,224 minutes of penalties. Uh, had great fights with Rob Ray, Kevin Kaminsky, Mike Peluso, to name a few. Now, see, Ray and Peluso would be kind of like out of uh, Graves. I mean, obviously, Ray and Graves are the same size, height. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying in terms of fight-wise. I think that was pretty, must have been pretty early in Ray's career, if I remember correctly, though. But I think uh, Ray was running around hitting guys and... Uh, 
all of Graves' fights would come in. And the one thing I will say with these guys that are, you know, um, that I think it's another thing that surprises guys, if I'm not mistaken, I believe these guys are all left-handed. So I think that, now you're undercover, you surprise guys with how tough you are, and then you start throwing the lefty, and I think that catches guys. Um, but Adam Graves, man, he he always came in, um, you know, with those Ranger teams, you know, he didn't want Gretzky and Messier and them, or Leach and them fighting, but, but Graves is a good enough player, obviously, to be out there with him, and he wasn't going to stand around and, well, you know, and glide by like a Mitch Marner does. Uh, no, Graves is going to get in there and go, and, uh, yeah, he didn't back up, wasn't the biggest dude, but he would stand his ground, man. I'm down with Adam Graves. This is a great list so far, I gotta say. So who do we got? Number five was Morrow. Number four was Todd Gill. Three was old Stumpy Steve Thomas. Number two, Adam Graves. Well, who's number one? Here we go. We'll take a drink here and we'll uh, we'll see. But I, I'm down with this so far. Number one. There we go. Can't, I can't argue. Mike Keane. There you go. Games played 1160 game, 470 point, 881 minutes. Again, left-handed. Some great... Great fights with uh, Stern, Bill Guerin, Scott Pearson, and an all-timer with Scott Walker. Um, as a member of the New York Rangers, Scott Walker of the Vancouver Canucks went toe-to-toe one night on Hockey Night in Canada. Mike Keane, uh, exemplified team player, grinder, uh, came out through the Western League with a massive reputation. And even after he was done in the NHL, he played five more seasons in the American League uh, and played to 42 years old the Manitoba Moose. Yeah, he, he uh, he's a Manitoba guy, lived in Winnipeg, and decided to play with the Moose from 38 to 42 years old. But, uh, but, and what a, um, what, what a treat to be on that team. I believe it was Mike Brown when I had him on the team, or had him on the team, had him on the podcast. Um, I asked him about Mike Keane, and like he said, just a veteran guy that, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, it's like having another coach out there, right? And, uh, guy did it all, won a cup, grinder, played, you know, again, you know, 1100 NHL, 1100 NHL games, a guy at 42 still playing the American League time, prime shape, and, giving her shit and always grinding it out. Yeah, I'm a big Mike Keane fan. Um, it is true. He did come out of the Western Hockey League with a huge rep. In fact, um, everyone's, I would do those in the newspapers every year back in the uh, mid to uh, mid 80s up to 04. Um, they would do a coaches and players poll uh, in the East and West divisions. And basically you were allowed to vote nobody on your own team, but you had to vote for other teams. And it was the best player, best stick handler, best shooter. But one of the, one of the, um, categories was best fighter. And Mike Keane won one year, best fighter, uh, playing for Moose Jaw. And you were second, it was Tony Twist was second. And this is the players voting it. This isn't, you know, the Moose Jaw Warrior fan club voting this. This is players and coaches voting this shit. That tells you how badass Mike Keane was. You know, when you go back in uh, late 80s Western Hockey League and he's winning best fighter, <laughs> goddamn, that's that's strong. So, um, as voted on by the players, like I said, so that's saying something. So, Mike Keane was a bad dude, man. Didn't have a lot of fights in the NHL, um, but, uh, you know, I, where was the total? Uh, no, they didn't put a total. Um, but I would I would think out of all, I'm trying, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think Keane fought a lot, though. Probably 40, 30, 40 fights, I'm sure. Um, wasn't a huge fighter, but again, left-handed. His fight with Scott Walker is one of my all-time favorites. That's a great fight. His Bill Guerin fight's awesome, too. That's on, I think it was on a rock'em, sock'em. Um, I mean, I always say with these lists, um, I always kind of hope they're shitty because then it's just funnier. But shit, I can't. Mike Keane, Adam Graves, Steve Thomas, uh, Todd Gill, and Brendan Morrow. Five undercover tough guys. Yeah, they were. Um 
I mean, you could, oh, I'm sure you could throw a Rob DeMaio. There's an, you know, Ronnie, well, Ronnie Stern. I mean, uh, Scott Walker, guys like that. I mean, you know, Scott Pierce and Bill Guerin. I mean, you know, just the Tucker. I mean, Taglinetti. There's another guy. Like even the guys, these guys fought, you could say were, uh, I know, um, uh, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of guys here that you could probably, you know, you you would surprise guys when they drop the gloves. Uh, DeMaio, too. Like, the, Rob DeMaio, Darren Kimball, perfect example. Um, uh, I remember saying something. Somebody, it was funny when I met the DeMaio-Kimball fight because they come in the corner. Kimball kind of starts and then they just go toe-to-toe. Um, somebody commented on Twitter one a couple years ago that, Oh, Rob DeMaio really surprised me there hanging with Kimball like that. Kimball actually replied, he didn't surprise me. I knew how tough he was, uh, you know, because they played against each other in the Western League. Um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that was great. DeMaio Kimball, go look that one up on YouTube. I'm giving you guys a lot of stuff to look up on YouTube. But definitely check in some Mike Keen stuff. Um, I can't remember who it was, but if you go to my fourth line voice on YouTube, type in Mike Keen. There is a, there, there's a Regina Pats fight that I have of him. Um that's really good. Uh, you should check, or a uh, Moose Jaw Warrior. It's a Western Hockey League fight when he's in Moose Jaw. Uh, you should check it out. It's a good fight. I can't remember off the top of my head who he's fighting, but yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, Mike Keen, man. Yeah, I'm a, I've, yeah, I'm a fan of all these guys. I mean, that, like I was saying, they played hockey the way hockey should have been played, should be played. And, uh, you know, they didn't take any shit. They were solid contributors to their team, top line guys. Uh, but if you wanted to play fuck around, you'll find out, as they say. But uh, solid list. Thank you, Michael, for sending that to me. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, guys, if you ever uh, if you ever want to reach out to me uh, and you're on social, like I said, my DMs are open, as the kids say. And if you're not on social media, uh, send me an email, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, hate the show, what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. Uh, you want to come on the show, tell me you want to come on. Um, you have a topic we talk about. Uh, have a fight picture you want to share. Hey, if anybody has Mike Keen Moose Jaw pictures, send them to me. Um, but you know what I'm saying? If you've got a fight article you want to send, or you have a list that you found that you think would be good on the show, absolutely send it. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but other than that, folks, i got to wrap up. i got to, you know, while well, you're listening to this on Sunday, i got to go, well, i got to go work uh, Sunday morning. But uh, doing that, then we're going to kind of clean up the house a little bit and pack and uh and get ready to go. Like I said, I'm going to be in Las Vegas. We leave on Monday. Um, I'm there for 10 days. We'll be back on the 1st. Um, I am hoping to have an episode, two episodes uh, for the Wednesdays that I'm gone. There won't be anything next Sunday. Um, but I'm hoping the two, to have two Wednesday episodes done for you guys. At least, well, um, unfortunately I was going to record, I, I know I mentioned I was going to record with Jay. Unfortunately he got sick. I hope he, uh, he bounces back here shortly. I don't know what he's got. If it's the Spanish flu or whatever, I don't know, you know, walking corpse syndrome. I don't know what he's got, but hopefully he bounces back here. And, uh, you know, when I get back, we'll certainly record. I know he, uh, he's anxious to do it. And, uh, it's a season ticket episode, which I, I you know, I've, uh, want to, I want to blow the dust off of that, uh, that kind of, um, special uh basically it's a yeah just that a season ticket for you know we basically talk that year of a certain league and i've done it a couple times i had jay on before we did the i believe it was the 05 united hockey league season it was the first year at danbury and uh and it was met with some really good really positive feedback and it was a lot of fun to really focus in and uh you know some crazy shit that happened in the league and you know and all that stuff so uh you know i, I wanted to blow the dust off of that and bring that back so gonna have jay back and i believe it's a 2000 2001 quad city 
uh, the year again in the United League. It was the year they won the championship, and uh, and you know tough guys and talk with the fighters and the craziness that happened. But uh, yeah, well, so we'll definitely be doing that. Um, but yeah. Anyway, folks, I'm going to get out of here, and uh, the next time you hear my voice, uh, it'll be the power of editing, because I will be in Nevada. Um, actually, probably by the time you're listening to this, I because I think most of you listen to it on Monday on your commute, uh, I will be flying overhead. So, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it, though. And uh, But, yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here, and uh, let's attack the work week, and uh, enjoy. And as I always say... Um, there's there's million podcasts out there. The fact that you took time out today, it's almost an hour today to listen to this. Um, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you for always supporting the channel. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I really do. So uh, with that, let, I'm getting out of here and uh, have a good day. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 